I wonder if Andrew has that like skirt thing over there to hide his Congoleseness. <laughs> Is that do you think that's what it's for? <laughs> it, it, it was distracting the guests. <laughs> Just hanging out. That big old python fucking pulsating underneath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dump, 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 dump. Let me dump. see if I could find that thing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to find? Not the. Uh, oh no. Oh man. All right, now we're good to go. Okay, and we're going. We're going now. We're going. We're going. Damn. Well, Seema's looking up penis stats on his phone. <laughs> yeah. So. Congo is number one at 7.1 on average. Ecuador, 6.9. Ghana, 6.8. Colombia, 6.7. Venezuela, 6.7. This is flaccid, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Out of 80 countries, the UK ranks a slightly below average 54th. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So. um, Sadness. Well, the the most important 1% (laughs) I have. You have. Congo. Yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. (laughs) 23 and me. <laughs> Everyone's like, Congo, please give me Congo. <laughs> Everybody's super excited when it shows up and super disappointed when it doesn't. <laughs> oh, man. That's so crazy. It's so sick how they can do that genetic testing, though. I mean, on a side note, like how they can just like tell everything of where you're from. Hopefully it's legit. From an evolutionary standpoint, like... For Caucasians, it's just like, you know, we don't really need that big of a dick anymore. So we're just going to shorten it up. How did did evolution make this decision and why? It's it's a fucking cruel joke. Oh, man. Well, well, you guys are from cold places. Yeah, that's true. Right? Maybe. Maybe we can use that as an excuse. The sun just makes everything... Hang out. And then on that chart that you were looking at, are Asian people even on there at all? <laughs> oh, just, there's just, just question marks on there. It doesn't say anything. I need to look at a bigger chart. That's oh, all. Man. I just need to look at a longer list. I don't know how you found this information, but you're an amazing researcher for us. So I appreciate yeah. it, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's what I do here. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> He's going to be like, and the biggest biceps come from Nigeria, too. Why would you look at that? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look at. Look at some of our Nigerian bodybuilders. Was the guy that just broke the uh, marathon record? Was he uh, Nigerian? Nah. Is he? Is he? A- I mean, he's, he's African, African for sure, yeah, yeah. but he's he's yeah. not Nigerian. Ken- oh, Kenyan. Is he? Ken- I, is he Kenyan? I think he's from Kenya. Yeah, that that makes be, sense. Yeah. yeah, that's where all those studs are from. Yeah, from I think Kenya. so too. Unbelievable. Yeah. Under two hours for a marathon. But you know they're not going to count it as um. Well, th- it's going to be like it takes shits longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> there since he had yeah. like. <laughs> Commute, com- whatever. When you add up all the time throughout the day, for yeah, sure. See? Oh man! But cumulative. Did I you can't guys say that word? Did you guys see any clips of it? The run? No. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. So he had a bunch of like other top marathon runners like running with him in different parts of the race to keep him on pace for two hours because he's actually run a legitimate two hour and. 22nd marathon is that why this is like an unofficial world record because they were talking about how it was kind of like uh designed for him to be able to like break this record yeah apparently nike's been working on this kind of project to break the two-hour barrier since 2017 Mm. um and they've been working like primarily with him and other top runners to see who could do it and he was always the closest so yeah like through that throughout the race he had a bunch of pace runners that were also top level runners Mm running at pace in front of him so it's like he had a pace line that he had to keep with so that by the end he could be at then probably like a traditional race you don't have that yeah oh oh, hell no yeah so otherwise he would probably just be like 
super like way far way far ahead of a lot of people so that way he would probably ease up because he's just trying to win right exactly exactly so i think um there was a year where in the hundred meter where people went sub uh nine seconds and uh so there so there was uh or sorry, sub 10 seconds, oh. sub, sub 10 seconds. <laughs> so the 10 second uh, mark was there for a long time. But when they broke nine seconds, guess how many other athletes broke nine seconds? A lot. I'm yeah, assuming. four. Yeah. yeah, four out of like six or eight, however many race in the 100 meter. I think it's just six. So there's only two other guys in the race, I think, that didn't break it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to go as hard as the guy next to you. It's pretty interesting. Pretty amazing when you think about things like that. Speaking of all that, you know, we're trying to build a good culture here at Super Training Gym, and uh, we're always trying to push each other as hard as we possibly can. But there's other places where they do that too, and that's my boy Jesse Burdick up at uh, CSA Combat Sports Academy. Jesse Burdick has a whole lineup of awesome lifters, and we had a seminar here at Super Training this past weekend. We call it a second Saturday seminar, and it was awesome, man. It was a lot of fun, <clears throat> and um, you know, I, Jesse's like, he's, he's my, my BFF, my big fat friend. I always call him <laughs> and, uh, I've known him for 20 years, but I, I, every single time he gets up in front of people and talks, I, I like forget how good of a teacher he is. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He was really doing a good job making people, uh, understood the material, but they have a lot of really strong men and women up there. Jeremy Avila is someone we're always just completely baffled by, um, an 887 pound deadlift. Um, Sarah, I always forget her last name and I shouldn't, but she deadlifted at 622, I think. Um, her hamstrings were crazy. She's so strong. Yeah. And then there's tiny Tiff who like can fit in your hand, you know, (laughs) you fit on the palm of your hand and she's, um, incredibly strong, you know, squatting over 300 pounds and deadlifting over 300 pounds. And she's just, uh, maybe more like 400 pounds at 97 pounds. Yeah. She's just, I think she did three point something times her body weight. I don't know. Sarah Schiff. There we go. Yeah. So he's got a great, um, a great group of people up there and something that I've always, uh, held from Louis Simmons, a quote that he shared with me was uh, this kind of idea that if you walk with the lame, you'll develop a limp and you got to have really, really strong, like-minded people around you that have similar goals mm-hmm. um, that will help elevate your game. I'm sure that's happening at jiu-jitsu and, and that's even why every once in a while, um, maybe you go to another jiu-jitsu academy to roll with some other people just to get that different vibe and to see the intensity and to see how they work. And then you get back to you know being around uh, some of your guys. You even mentioned like specifically there's like a few people that you're pumped when they're there because you know you're going to have a better workout, right? Oh, yeah, of course. You know who's going to push you, you know what I mean? Like especially with jiu-jitsu, you can like – it's one of those things since you're going against another person. There are certain people you roll with that you know you can't you, – you're not going to roll at 100% with. You know, you're, you're going to bring it down because you want to like – you got to slow down for them. But there are certain people who you're going to push, they're going to push, you're going to push, they're going to push, and you push each other to another level every single time you train. And those are always like obviously the best but I feel like you need that around you, you know, if you're going to progress. I don't know. Like there are probably some people like I, I wonder sometimes how, you know, some of the top competitors that maybe they don't have someone who's at their level at their school, how they continue to get better. Because there are a few of those, you know, there are a few of those out there. Um, There's some uh, powerlifters we see that just train by themselves. Yeah. Bryce Lewis. Completely by mm-hmm. themselves. Um, Mike Tashir years ago used to just go in his basement in total 2,100 pounds by himself. <laughs> 
<laughs> raw. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. He'd be down there and he would, you know, squat like mid sevens and then he would bench close to five and then he would pull 800 pounds. Yeah, he was the one that have like his own mock meets, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a, insane, <laughs> what a freak. No music. Uh-huh. Like you talk about a lunatic. <laughs> talk about somebody that might burn your house down. That guy's got to have some really crazy thoughts going on in his head. At least that's what you would assume. But maybe he's just thinking about his technique. Yeah, this is one of those sports that you can make it happen, though, since it is like in right. most ways it's an individual sport. Yeah, you don't need other people to like play with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could simulate the real the real thing, right? Like in basketball, you can't play with everybody else. Baseball, you definitely can't. Yeah. You can practice, but you can't actually simulate the real thing, mm-hmm. which is dope. So you guys know that I'm moving. And like one of the issues with moving was like what the hell to do with a lot of like my supplements. <laughs> and then like I was really concerned about my meat. I was really concerned about my Piedmontese uh, meat because yeah, right. uh, and he was like, oh, we'll just bring it all up to the gym. And let I was like, we can't do that. We can't let everybody <laughs> have we can't have everybody have this meat. This meat's too good. And uh, we we did uh, bring some of it up here for for some of the uh, guys and girls to enjoy. But. Um, I was like, man, we gotta, we gotta, you know, get it over to the other freezer as quick, <laughs> as, quick as possible, as quick as we can, even if I need to drive my ass over there for it. Yeah, the family's been uh, huge fans of the sliders. I've been, I've been throwing those on the grill and the smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried even taking one apart and like shoving like cheddar cheese in the middle. Ooh, it, it was okay. It didn't work out fantastic. Sometimes do that with like, yeah. Sometimes they do that with like cheese. They stuff it inside of a burger. It's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I, I learned that I can't figure it out it's like not as simple as like a plus b equals c it's like you have to figure stuff out and i don't know how to do it there's yet. a lot of math maybe you need to like to melt it put it in a syringe and inject it into the meat i don't do syringes bro mm. you, you, need to, you need no. to carry the one maybe that's what you forgot to I do never carry the one i always mm. forget i never show my work i just google it and then they I get in trouble for just getting the answer I'm trying to use a cheat code i still get it wrong it happens yeah. I've been uh, enjoying those ribeyes still mm-hmm. and uh, enjoying the fillets and uh, Piedmontese been good to me and hopefully they can be good for you guys. Andrew, where, how can they get a deal? How can they get hooked up? Well, if they're smart enough, they can carry the one and <laughs> Piedmontese will be there to help you out. Uh, head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com at checkout. Enter promo code Power Project. And that'll get you 25% off your entire order. And if it's $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times when people go on a ketogenic diet, a lot of times they feel like crap and they feel like they got no treats in their life and they get miserable <laughs> and they get sad. Um, but Perfect Keto has your back. They have really good, uh, they got really good bars. They got really good tasting collagen protein, uh, a really good whey protein that I think all you guys will enjoy. And then on top of that, you know, a lot of times people feel like crap because they're getting dehydrated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those uh, electrolytes are really, really good. I love those because especially, you know, I fast a lot. So I need to be able to have those between, you know, lifting or jujitsu. So those are pretty damn awesome. Simple. How can they get hooked up with some Perfect Keto products, Andrew? They can head over to perfectketo.com slash power project. Um, when you guys go to that link, you'll see some of our favorites and We've talked about all the time the uh, perfect keto nootropic. Um, I'm completely out of it because my fiance and I keep killing it every single day. Um, so I got to order up some more of that. Uh, so anyways, head over to perfectketo.com slash power project at checkout, enter promo code power project, and that'll get you 15% off all perfect keto products. Because we're moving, I don't know where anything is at the moment. And so my daughter this morning, she's like, oh, my God, I forgot to pack my lunch. She's like, can you help me? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to get myself organized, <laughs> like get out of the house, too. 
she just makes this sad face and she's like, I'll just bring a bunch of these chips. And she oh. grabs a bunch of Quest chips and oh. stuffs them in her bag. I was like, oh, I guess that's going to be the way it is for today. Moving is tough. Yeah. I, I do feel like there is some aspect of it that's kind of cool or like you're, you are almost like camping. Like you're yeah. like, ah, I wouldn't normally eat dinner out of like a plastic bowl or whatever <laughs> but like, cool. like but I, I, since we're moving you know i can't i can't get out the good dishes and whatnot. yeah you're all confused on where everything is luckily yeah. andy's you know super organized so she's been she's been on top of all that but it's just like this one day you mm-hmm. know and then this morning i was trying to find some socks <laughs> and she's like don't look in that she goes don't look in that she goes don't look in that bucket she's like that's all mismatched socks and i was like i can figure it out so right now i'm actually wearing one black sock and one green sock cuz i was like i can at least match up the types it'll be the same might be some different colors that's amazing anyway with my my life in some disarray i'm still able to reach for some uh, quest bars and um, some of the other Quest products we have around the house. Been eating some of that Quest pizza and uh, all that good stuff. So how can they get hooked up with some Quest products, Andrew? Uh, you guys can head over to questnutrition.com at checkout. Enter promo code MarksQuest for 20% off. And I highly recommend you do it on the uh, the Quest chips. Uh listener of the show hit me up and said that they tried the, uh, I think it's like chili lime or something like that. Right. And he's like, dude, these are insane. Like I told you guys, even though I... I to be honest, I haven't had that flavor yet, but I'm sure it's amazing because uh-huh. I've had all the other ones. So that's where I would go with that 20% off code is straight to the chips. Cool. Yeah. Damn, my Jets finally got a win. They played the Cowboys, and the Cowboys nice. the Cowboys have been good as of late, and uh, the Jets were able to beat them. They have their starting quarterback back in the lineup. And they actually looked like they they actually looked like a professional team. They looked uh, better than a Division three football team, which That's is good. probably the first time uh, all year that they're able to do that. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Mm-hmm. So this is just loyalty here, right? Like, That's all it is. It is okay. Yeah, I've been a fan, you know, since I was a kid, and you know they they were they you know unfortunately they've really never been good. But like when I was a kid, they at least scored a lot of points. Yeah, they, that's what they were known for. They would they were able to put up a lot of points. Actually, their quarterback actually is a graduate of uh, UC Davis. Oh, and, wow. uh, I didn't know. You that. guys will find this interesting. He was drafted. So in 1987 is the most prolific draft year in the history of football because uh, John Elway went in that draft and Dan Marino, and I might be like speaking like a little bit off on a couple people, but anyway, there was some really highly touted uh, quarterbacks um, that later went on to like play in Super Bowls, win Super Bowls, be um, uh, Hall of Famers, and Ken O'Brien from the University of Davis was selected over everyone else. He was the number one draft pick overall in the entire draft. He was such a beast and he played great for the jets, but because the jets are the jets, they like kind of screw up everything all the time. He, he threw for a lot of yards and threw a lot of touchdowns, but he also got sacked a lot. And, um, he just, uh, he threw a lot of interceptions and stuff like that too. But every time when I was a kid and I watched the jets, I mean, you could be sure they would score like four or five touchdowns every game, which in pro football, it's more common to maybe just have like two or three maybe, you know? Mm. So it was pretty cool to watch them growing up. They were an exciting team and they would always be at least close in the kind of bigger games. And the, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know why that happens, you know, when you're a kid, but like the giants were good and I could have easily just hopped on that wagon and been a giants fan because they actually won and they like won super bowls and stuff. But you can't be both for some reason when you live in a certain town, like I was Yankees and jets 
And uh, even when the Mets did well and stuff, I was never a Mets fan. It's weird. And I guess here in California, it's the same thing. You got to pick a California team. You can't have four or five of them going no. for you at once, right? And that's that's odd. I was going to say, because normally isn't it uh, Jets, Mets, Giants, <laughs> Yankees, right? Yeah. Because they're like the... Uh, they're like the Jay Z to the Jets is Nas, like uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the flashier, like high yeah. profile people, like mm. the yeah, the New York Jets or uh, Giants and the uh, Yankees. But yeah, yeah, here in California, you can't be uh, a Giants fan and an A's fan. You can't be a Niners fan and a Raiders fan. Niners fan and Raiders fan. There's definitely. I mean, if you go to a like a Niners game with a Raiders jacket, people lose their mind, or vice mm-hmm. versa, right? Like you might even get beat up going yeah. to a Raider game wearing yeah, a 49ers it's, jacket. Yeah, I remember it being pretty damn dangerous. At, yeah, uh, yeah, flat out dangerous at the Coliseum. Yeah, I, I somehow managed to find myself. I it was when I was younger, so Halloween party. Woke up, hey, your ride's going to this Raider game tomorrow. Like you have to go. I'm like, no, nah, I'm a Niner fan. I can't go. And then I woke up there. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I better not tell anybody. And yeah, oh, it gets man. pretty volatile out there. Huh. Well, it gets hostile. Speaking yeah, of the hostile. Niners, they're undefeated. Five and oh. Five and oh. Yeah. I know uh, Ensema's been following really close along <laughs> this football season. He's got a fantasy uh, team going and everything, right? Sick. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, you know what though? Don't feel bad because I used to watch I used to watch so much football. I used to know everyone's name. I used to know yeah. like the college the dude went to. I don't know oh, shit that anymore. Was terrible. I don't know. I don't know much anymore. I mean I, I know a good amount because I still follow it. Yeah. But I also, there's also like the entrepreneur side of me and the side of me that like wants to get after stuff. And I'm like, is my relationship with the TV and NFL football like just like, it's probably not even healthy. I need to go like mm-hmm. go do something like get the, get the hell up, go for a walk, stop being so fat laying on the couch and eating pizza or whatever I'm eating. Yeah. You know? yeah. I felt like that yesterday watching the game because it was the first game that I watched like from literally like, like, oh, the game's going to be on. Let me turn it on. Turn it on while I'm making the uh, Piedmontese sliders actually. Mm-hmm. Um, turn it on and I watched it all the way through. That's the first time I've done that in like three years, maybe probably more. Yeah. And then I remember afterwards I felt like, ah, dude, I could have done literally so many things right now and I just threw it all away. But it was, it was really cool, man. Like it was fun to watch it. No, sometimes you need that. You need to just be able to watch something. But like, I like basketball more. But I haven't even maybe really watch a basketball yeah. game. Same. I'm more so pro have college. Ten- oh, pro. I usually have to like pay attention to highlights. Yeah, I love basketball. I loved as a kid. I loved. I used to play a lot of basketball. But it was like the one thing I had to give up because I would just always uh, my knees would always kill me. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I could play football and I could lift and I could do all kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, I guess it was for the better. I wasn't very good anyway, so it was probably. Uh, it was probably okay, but I just, I, I love a sport where like football is like football. You have like a destination, like each player has like a certain spot they got to like go to. Mm. And then the defender just follows the offensive players around. And so you have like spots you need to like run to all the time. But I love sports that just have hustle in them, you know, like, like volleyball, for example. Yeah. Like I even like playing volleyball because I saw that video yeah. of uh, oh, Quinn. Quinn killing yeah. it. That was insane. Yeah. She closed that game out. Yeah. Yeah. She shut those kids up. She was like, what's up kids? <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun uh, watching her play, but like, even for myself, you know, getting on a court like that, um, that or basketball where it's like, yeah, like it helps if you're highly skilled and if you can really shoot and if you know how to, you know, if you if you know how to handle the ball. I mean, that's in basketball, that's so huge, right? Mm-hmm. But just running around is kind of fun, and you try to like mm. 
You know, like uh, maybe I can't shoot as good as the next guy, but hopefully I can get to the ball quicker than him just because I want to, just because yeah. I want to like run towards. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Like uh, we see pros playing and it's just like, oh, this guy's running full speed and he lays the ball in. Like that's so easy. Oh my God. It's impossible. <laughs> it is so hard to run full speed, stop and shoot the ball. And, and they, they never miss it. I mean, it's so miss, rare. Dude, and and it's like, you see people like, oh, come on. Like, what do you like? You have no fucking clue how hard yeah. that is to not only do that full speed, shoot it, and have the literally the best. You know, like you know, uh, your opponent is also the best player like ever. Uh-huh. Dude, remember Jason Kidd? He would never fuck up. Oh my yeah. god, oh. he would take he could off. See the floor. It just and like he, you know, he'd lay the ball up, and you're like, oh, he's clearly, you know, gonna throw it off the backboard. But no, he would just like lay it up. Wouldn't even use the backboard. Yeah, and would go right in every time. You're like, how the hell is he? Jason Kidd was insane. How is he doing that? Running full speed. There's a seven footer in his way. Like, I don't it's understand so, it. Yeah, and they're moving too. They're moving fast. People don't also realize like this. The, like you mentioned, the stopping mm-hmm. and changing direction at a dime. Oh, like yeah. try running like that and then trying to change direction. You will. You will have to make a curve. You can't just you know go at <laughs> yeah. angles like these guys do. Uh, it's crazy. Oh, and by the way, dribble a ball and dribble a ball <laughs> and have it not go right off your foot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit definitely happens. That shit's hard. I haven't I haven't really watched much much basketball, but I guess the basketball season's starting up. We just had yep. the, the Phoenix Suns uh, strength coach mm-hmm. uh, was in the house the other yeah. day. That was really cool to have uh, Corey Schlesinger mm-hmm. uh, here. And then it's really been neat how how there's kind of this like network of people. They all know each other. Uh, Corey was here, and then two days later. Keenan Robinson, the uh, U.S. Olympic swimming strength conditioning Ooh. coach, was was here, and uh, he was telling me what a mutant uh, Michael Phelps is and some of the other athletes he works with, and that was really cool. And it's really cool to hear how these these guys are they share information and they're they're taking stuff from uh, powerlifting and using it. Keenan was like, you know, the the, the number one exercise we have uh, our athletes do is a reverse hyper. And he's like, right behind that, they're doing slingshot bench press and push-ups, because wow. uh, a lot of a lot of uh, swimmers, he said, have shitty backs. A lot of times, it's because they have um, they got some really good mobility through their lower back, and they're able to move their back a lot. Um, kind of the shifting of the hips and the lower back when they do things like a breaststroke. Um, and he said, because they're kind of like wiry and the way that they're built, he said there has to be some attention to some lower back training, and so. He's been trying to figure out for a while, you know, he's been watching West Side stuff. He's been watching the stuff here at Super Training. And he's like, that's great the way that they're able to have these people, um, you know, lift heavy and, and get stronger backs. But he's like, with my athletes, I'm afraid I'm going to like, you know, hurt them. So he's had them do a lot of reverse hyperextensions, which I thought was really interesting. That's pretty awesome. Corey was also mentioning something like when he was here the other day, he's like, yeah, um, I have to be even more careful on these guys. He's like, nah, it's just absolutely make sure they cannot get hurt, you know? Yeah. But like, it's so important for these guys to strength train. It's just, they have to be so, I guess the strength coaches just need to be so, uh, not just careful, but there's another one I'm looking for that I can't think of. They have to make sure that these athletes are feeling better, you know, from a workout and not, and not feeling, but how do you make someone feel better and give them a good dose of something that'll get them stronger? Mm -hmm. Because we talk about it all the time here on the show is that 
it it needs to be like challenging. Yeah. Sometimes it needs to be a little bit of a roll of the dice. Sometimes you get like you need to kind of be like, I don't coach wants me to do what? Like sometimes it needs to be like that a little bit, right? Yeah. And I can assume some of these guys at that at that point, they're just like if they don't want to do something, they're just not gonna do it. You know, because like at the end of the day, it's their say, you know. So like that that that's got to be a different type of game as a coach. I think if you're playing that long game, though, then you can kind of uh, Corey Schlesinger um, is having such an impact on the strength conditioning world. It's really cool because he's still really young Mm -hmm. that a lot of other coaches are following suit and they're just telling their athletes, I just want you to work on this one thing. And so Corey does a great job of like, he's really lying to everybody because they're doing a lot more than one thing. They're really almost always doing two or three things. There's like one main thing that they're doing. And there's also like a warm up beforehand and a cool down afterwards. Um, But the warm up and cool down stuff is just movement. And that's going to make the athletes feel really good. Um, For example, he might have them um, doing some like duck under type of work where the athlete is like ducking under like a rope or ducking Mm -hmm. under a bar um, and then, you know, squatting under it and then coming up out the other side and doing things like that where it's just like, I'm just going to get you to move because I know that your joints and everything, everything's getting stiff from the, uh, from all the activity and everything. We just want you to move and get warm. So you might have, have them do something like that. And then the main thing for the day um, might be like a rack deadlift for a good set of five. And he just wants the athlete to, you know, have some good control with a weight that is challenging, um, but he doesn't want like blood shooting out of their nose, you know, that kind of thing. And then then it'll have them move into some other movements. But I think that's great, man. That's a great way to sell it to athletes is let's have you work on, you know, we're going to train pretty much every day. That's what he does almost nearly every day. Um, five to seven days a week and then like we're gonna focus in on one thing each day and if an athlete does say hey you know what i don't want to do it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter as much because they're training all the time yeah it's gonna be like you know the sport of basketball you see athletes of kind of every single size you know from steph curry all the way up to the new zion williamson have you seen that dude yeah he's a monster 276 566 so like i mean and he could play football too but like in sports like football that's where you see a lot of guys lifting like a lot like powerlifters mm. and i think that's that's where that I, I like sports like that yeah. where you know you really what you do in the weight room weight room and how strong you are can play a much bigger role in terms of the impact right. that you have on the field because in basketball it, it plays an effect but mm-hmm. it, not so much like even if you're a guy like zion right there are a bunch of other guys that are much smaller than you that can be just as effective as you as right. you but in football there's that's a big difference right you know? and then in uh in like baseball, right? Like getting big and strong, I'm sure it has an impact. And, you know, um, you put on some size and put on some weight. I think putting on like size and weight would probably even be more impactful than simply um, just being able to like bench squat or deadlift more. Yeah. Like if you, you know, obviously like through lifting would be a great way of doing that. But power lifting and almost a diet that follows power lifting uh, might have you cracking more home runs. If you look at Barry Bonds' career, yeah. I'm sure Bonds was dedicated to the whole process, you know, in, in a bunch of different ways. But, um, you know, he put on a lot of weight. And just the fact that he put on a lot of weight, regardless of how he did it, that probably had a huge impact on how he's able to smack the ball around so much. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a sport that being bigger, like just being big and strong isn't a benefit. Like even Tiger Woods does quite a bit mm-hmm. of resistance training, yeah. quite a bit of deadlifting. You know, he's, he's when you go when you when you see that guy, he's a strong dude. 
something like tennis. Uh, I would say so. Like I, I've seen. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So and then we've talked about this before, but you know when steroids start to come into play, if your sport, <laughs> if your sport has a lot to do with your cardiovascular, then it might be to your detriment. So like in baseball. Probably doesn't matter too much. You know, you take a bunch mm-hmm. of juice and you get all jacked up and you're 40 pounds heavier. And as long as you, um, you know, as long as you've been swinging that bat and your hand-eye coordination is similar, you know, it might take you some time to adjust to it, but it's probably not going to take that long. You're probably just going to notice like, shit, I'm a little stronger and I can push some of these balls that are in certain spots a little further than I thought before. I maybe have to swing a little earlier. Like yeah. it might be a couple little things. It probably takes, you know, a couple months to, to adjust to it, to really tweak it. But I have seen it in MMA where some of the athletes have gotten, you know, they've gotten big and then they've gotten in the ring and they've like, they don't have any more conditioning. They get gassed out. They get gassed out. I've seen it with like Vitor Belfort, um, <laughs> probably the most famous uh, of the bunch, where he was like 205. And Vitor Belfort, if you bring up Vitor Belfort versus uh, Tank Abbott and Vitor Belfort versus like he fought some big fat Italian dude too, mm. he smoked these guys, smoked them. I mean, he threw like 40 punches Jeez. in probably like 30 seconds, 15 seconds. I mean, he just, they just couldn't, they couldn't figure, they couldn't do anything. Um, but then when he came back and fought later on, he probably put 20, 30 pounds on and he wasn't Jeez. as effective. Tank Abbott was the man back in the day. I, you know, the thing I loved about Tank Abbott is that his record was like 11 and 15. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like he, he, he lost a lot of fights. Um, but he would, you know, it's funny because he would always talk shit afterwards. And be like, so what? The guy got me in an ankle lock. He's like, big deal. He, he he like didn't even bother to adapt and like learn the jujitsu side of it. He uh-huh. was just he just thought that was weak. He's like, I just want to trade hands with people, man. He's like, forget about forget about tying people up like a like a pretzel. Yeah, but underneath a little bit of that fat, that dude is uh, oh, yeah. oh look at those he's, traps. Yeah, look yeah. at those traps, man. Well, he's actually I, I think like in this particular fight, like he's in pretty good shape for him. He was he was strictly a bar brawler, you know, mm. back in the day, and then he got in better shape. And uh, started taking it more seriously, I think, when there was more. But, he man, he knocked people out violently. He has, actually has a 600-pound bench. Look at Vitor, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. What the hell? And so and so Vitor, I think, right here, I mean, I, I don't remember his body weight here, but um, if this is the first time that they fought, um, from what I recall, he just just goes in there. and might, This might may, may not even be the first time. They might have fought more than once, but mm. – he just goes in there and smokes him and his hand speed and stuff is just something that no one can deal with. But then the next time he comes back, you know, he obviously he's probably enhanced here. Um, and when he comes back, yeah, I've seen him bigger. He's got like 40 pounds more of enhancement, you know, Jesus. this is back in the original UFC days where even the referee was like, I might as well get on some shit too. <laughs> <laughs> Big John McCarthy. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Oh around. man. Oh, and he goes for the arm. Up. <laughs> Yeah, this, this was, uh, you know, the original UFC, you know, years ago was uh, was was pretty was pretty damn fun to watch. You'd get nervous when you'd watch it. Mm-hmm. I remember having to go to like the the back of like Blockbuster and rent them. Cause, like, <laughs> oh yeah, because like I, I didn't know where to find them, and that's the only way. And I just remember every time we did, I felt like we were doing something bad. <laughs> Why'd you say the back of Blockbuster? Is it like not allowed or something? Yeah, it was. Well, they like they look how relentless oh, he is. Oh, they didn't promote goodness. it. You know, like. Uh, it was honestly, it was like next to like all like the adult rated like 
Ah, yes. Special, Tank Abbott yeah. is tough, by the way. He's just getting annihilated. Oh, they just they ended it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was getting he was getting smoked. But anyway, yeah, like in a sport like that, you know, I think where, where there's conditioning involved, if he got if he got too big too quick. Uh, then maybe you wouldn't be able to breathe yeah. when that, you went to do your sport. That's why they're getting caught with SARMs or SARM-like compounds like cardarine because it just enhances your endurance big time. Mm. You yeah. said they're getting caught with stuff like that mm-hmm. in their yeah. system? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like yeah. it, I think it, that's more one of those things where like the uh, the testing caught up to it. Mm. You know, like, it was the new thing. They were doing it, and then it, got, it caught up. So now who knows what's coming next? Always something. Bunch, yeah. Bunch of cheaters. <laughs> can't believe these people what'd you think of the seminar Seema? it was great um first off like conjugate honestly is... though were you sitting there the whole time just being like i could do a way better job than all these guys <laughs> no it was not no it was not if anybody like people see jeremy like i don't know pull pull in video but it's different when you see him pull in person yeah what was that like, about us so fast the speed doesn't change from lift to lift to lift like 135 all the way up i don't know if i think he pulled maybe six 495 or six place maybe 585 speed doesn't change like he keeps that speed the whole time and that's just so wild to me because it's like when i do zoom i expect it to be slow off the floor you know but with jeremy it's just like bam bam and even jesse was saying and i i think it's really cool um how Jesse talked about how like he, instead of like trying to make Jeremy pull in a certain way, he's like, oh, he can box jump 65 inches. He's super explosive. Let's train this explosiveness, right? Mm. He pulls sumo differently than anybody else I've seen. I think Kaylor pulls in a very similar way, extremely explosive, but it's very different from a person like Yuri. Yuri, like Belkin's one of those classic sumo pullers yeah. where he's a little bit slow off the ground, but once that bar breaks the ground, he drives through. Um, it just goes to show that there's so there's a lot of different ways to mm. lift. You don't have to. It, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I found that to be really cool too because it was like obviously – they're attacking some uh, weaknesses, but mm-hmm. they're working on a strength and they're working on uh, some of that explosive power. And obviously, like, you know, for someone that pulls sumo, you're going to also be attacking um, some conventional deadlifting. You're going to do um, some deficit training because, you know, the whole thing of a sumo deadlift is to, you know, uh, gain some advantage through some leverages. So why not have some disadvantages with leverages occasionally in your training, too? Um, and maybe that's maybe that's not in the form of a deficit pull, but maybe you just have in your programming, you have some uh, RDL, some stiff leg deadlifts. You got some exercises where it's like, OK, I'm going to you know put myself in a slightly different position. Yeah. So I'm working slightly different muscles. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, the, the the contrast of the lifters, I thought was really great, too, because you got to see Tiny Tiff and her bar is not moving very far, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have a whole lot of body weight on her. Yeah. You know, and then when Sarah was going. I mean, she's got to move the bar freaking really far with how tall she is and everything. Oh, yeah. And then she, you know, she's really efficient and she had good uh, leg drive, but she's also an athlete that's going to use her lower back a lot more. And it kind of shows you like there's a bunch of different ways to do this. Mm -hmm. What I was most surprised by, though, is how fast Jeremy moves even the lighter weights, because um, I feel like a lot of us, if we were to try it, I don't think we could move it anywhere near as fast as him, even though the weight's not challenging. So it's kind of interesting. It's like um, normally normally when you try to move a weight fast, you know, a deadlift is different than some of the other lifts. But, like, let's just take the case of the bench press. Mm-hmm. If we were just to bench press the bar as fast and as crazy as we possibly can, <clears throat> normally there's some, like, deceleration that goes on. Because our bodies are, 
you know, the human like machine is probably the greatest machine that will ever be created. Nothing will ever be smarter than it. It's like wild, right? We don't even know how a lot of things work. Can't figure it out. There's a lot of deceleration that goes on when you have a resistance that's not like an optimal weight. It's not the, so if we were to take bands, if we were to take bands and we were to do 20 reps with bands and the bar, even though that's way heavier, um, that would move a lot faster than if you were to do 20 reps with just the bar, which is kind of weird, but it's because the bands, um, they, you have to accelerate into them really, really fast the entire time. So you would do, let's just hypothetically say you did 20 reps in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just did the bar by itself, I would just assume that it might be slightly slower than that. You might uh, get a little less reps in that same uh, time period. So when I was watching Jeremy do it, I was like, maybe his like joints, ligaments and tendons and stuff are just, you know, really healthy. Obviously he's able to tap into some fast twitch, um, muscle fibers that are maybe a little different than the rest of us. He's able to, um, you know, recruit a lot of motor units and, and, uh, is able to recruit a lot of muscle in a short period of time. His like rate of force development, uh, is, is probably really good. Yeah. But it, it was just mind boggling to me. Cause I was like, if I tried to move, you know, if I tried to just move a plate and I realized he's, he's much, much stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we always say, strength is never weakness. So, so being strong, obviously is is a big factor here but i was kind of surprised to see like he even like one and two plates i was like i don't think i could figure that out how to move that fast i'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said there in terms of like the one and two plates and not because maybe maybe you did a lot of reps it would have slowed down but like i think you i don't know one and two plates I think you could move that really fast. No, I could move it really fast, but not as not, not nearly, as fast as him. Yeah, not nearly as fast as he can. I mean, mm-hmm. he's able to almost put like, um, you know, probably not eight hundred pounds, but he probably is putting like six or seven hundred pounds worth of strength into it. Okay, you know, and that might be the difference too, because I'm, you know, not that strong at the moment when it comes to specifically like a, like a deadlift. But I was just thinking, like, there's not another person in this room, I don't think, that could move the weight. Like, even if we just had it hooked up to something that showed the force. Yeah. And, and and again, I understand he's stronger. Um, but to me, like, what was the most interesting part of that, I'm like, how is his body able to do that? Because from what I know about lifting is that when you try to lift something really, really fast and really, really crazy, mm-hmm. um, your body wants to slow down at least a little bit just to kind of protect itself. So you're not kind of, like, overextending or hyperextending the joints and ligaments. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, even no weight, there's not a lot of people on the planet that can move from like that sumo position to standing up, right? Yeah. Like he's so quick. Like if I were to do it, I would mm-hmm. go way over, like Mark just said. Yeah, and I would, yeah. I would be like not even half the speed that he does it with two plates. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what Mark's getting at. Cause yeah, it's almost like he just, uh, he's just like in a perfect groove, right? Like if you're on a track, yeah, and you just like floor it or something, like mm-hmm. you're never going to go off track. He's kind of in yeah. that in that uh, situation there. And if we think about, you know, like part of the reason why he's able to do that is because they utilize the dynamic effort method. Yeah. And sometimes I think, you know, I wish more people would be a little would be a little more open to the dynamic effort method and just uh, view it and and realize that it's it's just a form of practice, mm-hmm. you know. And I think maybe that would be a better way for people to look at it. Um, but if you've been deadlifting for for a few years and you feel like, or even a few months, and you feel like you're pretty stuck, I think some dynamic effort deadlifting would be great for you. Um, maybe just start out with like five sets of two because that's pretty low and pretty modest amount of volume. 
Um, start out with about 50% of your max just to see how that feels on week one. For speed work, correct? Yeah, for speed work, yep. And and then kind of see, like, you know, over a period of time, you know, maybe maybe you're going to use 55, 60, 70, almost 70% maybe for uh, the weights that you're, you know, the weights that are going to be optimal for you. Um, but I think if you were to think about it this way, if you were to able to work your way into 10 sets of one, mm-hmm. it's like, that's 10 sets of practice. Yeah. It's 10 sets of practice at one rep, which is great for anybody, regardless of how you're trying to lift. I think when most people look at conjugate from the outside and they're like, oh, that's not specific enough, blah, blah, blah. But I think the goal, like it seems from what Jesse was saying, that the goal of using, utilizing dynamic effort work and the conjugate method is to plug up all the holes mm-hmm. that may be seeping. So that when you do get to your specific sumo deadlift or conventional, you don't have weaknesses. Mm. You know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, you're you're hitting max effort work once a week. You're going as heavy as you can on a variation of a squat or a deadlift. Mm-hmm. With Jesse's system, they usually go two squats. Uh, you know, one squat one week, another variation of a squat the next week, and then they go into deadlifts for two weeks and they kind of bounce, they bounce back and forth. The variations of the deadlift is where things get to be really interesting and things get to be kind of tricky because it's not even always a deadlift. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like a low box squat with a safety squat bar and you're like, wait, I thought we were deadlifting. Hmm. But if you were kind of thinking about, it's like, okay, we're trying to develop that push through the floor the same way we would, you know, with a, um, and if you do a pause box squat and you sit down there for a second, yeah. it kind of feels like a deadlift and you come off the box the exact same you, way you would if you did a shit deadlift yeah. where your butt kind of comes up first and everything starts to fall apart. I just think it's so cool how there's, there's so many different ways of, of gaining progress and gaining momentum in powerlifting because a lot of times people that do conjugate West side type stuff, they shit on people that do periodization and sometimes vice versa. But it's Mm -hmm. like, man, if you actually look at both systems and you're smart about it in both, in both programs or any program that you're trying to run, you always have to kind of start over. And I think periodization is really effective. And one thing I like that periodization does, and there, by the way, there is periodization in the West side barbell program. It's built in. Um, and also there's, um, you're going to prioritize as you get closer to a contest and you're going to start doing things that look a little bit more like a competition lift Mm -hmm. as the contest, uh, gets closer and closer. You're not going to do a safety squat bar squat, um, you know, three and four weeks out from the meet necessarily. You're probably going to be working on like an opener, just like you probably would if you were doing periodization. Yeah. That's some unbelievable (laughs) speed. We're watching some of this stuff on, uh, on YouTube. That was 585, right? (laughs) My God. Uh, yeah, that was the most he did that, mm-hmm. whatever, however many plates. But it was funny. So I was, you know, monitoring the, the live stream and stuff. And of course, uh, you Big know, bits. it's it's YouTube live, so mm-hmm. it happens. But all like, what was what is you conventional? And I'm like, <sighs> he does more than everybody in this chat room conventional. So it doesn't matter. He right. did like what seven eighty something conventional, or I don't yeah. know. So yeah. I just ended up sending the uh, the link of him and Kaler doing both conventional and sumo yeah. at the old st. Mm-hmm. I remember but, the first time that I lifted with uh, Jeremy. I, I was um, I was pretty strong at the time, and I lifted with him. And it was my first time that I met uh, Kyle Kingsbury. And Kyle Kingsbury has been was training with Jesse Burdick for uh, quite some time at, uh, around that time period. Oh, sick! And uh, we got to like four plates, and I think we might have had a band on there or something. It was it was some pretty good weight. 
and I moved it pretty quick and I was kind of like, oh, let's see how this guy handles, handles that weight, you know, <laughs> like kind of like, you know, I put some oomph into it and I, I thought I did pretty good. And then he went and I was like, oh, I'm like, this is not, this is not a competition. Like, I, and if it is, I, I'm, I'm done. You know, yeah. like, like this guy, this guy's got me. And then we went up and did like, did a quarter. And I think I still got like a double and uh, the weight still felt pretty good. And Kyle right. just kind of shook his head. He's like, bell, he's like, you're not winning today, man. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, Jeremy's just different. And I was like, I was like, I, I pretty much have noticed that already, you know? Uh-huh. Even like, I mean, people can see it in the video that's on the uh, the SG channel, but Jeremy, like he quite literally is built differently in terms of his rectors and his back. Every time I see him, it's like I have to touch him just because they like, they, they come out of his back so much. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not, no it's really not normal at it's all. It's an alien popping out. Yes. It's like he has a, he has a baby on his back. It's like <laughs> another, it's like another set of abs or yeah. another belly on his he backside. Has, yeah. He's got back abs. He really does. Yeah. My gosh. But some people literally are, are really just built differently. Jeremy, like Elliot Kipchoge, that guy who just yeah. did the marathon. Um, <laughs> Michael Phelps, we were just talking about yeah. how like long his torso is versus his short legs. And you mentioned his big feet and wide wingspan. Mm -hmm. Some people literally just are built differently. They got some different uh, different shit going on that helps yeah. them be who they are. Um, Keenan Robinson, the uh, the strength coach, he was telling me that Michael Phelps in one of his races, he just, he couldn't see it all. His glasses, his go goggles rather, just filled up with water. And then he, you know, he still won the race, but he barely won it. And he set a world record in that one, right? Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. He set a world record and they were like, you know, what, like, you know, kind of what happened at the end? Like, it looked like you were able to really, um, you know, push a little harder than even normal for you. And he was like, well, I couldn't see, you know? And so he's like, because I couldn't see, he's like, I panicked for about a stroke or two. And then I was like, oh, shit, I better make sure my stroke pace is down. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, I've been swimming for so long. I was like, we got eight more strokes. That's all we need, you know. And so he's like, I counted them out. And he's like, eighth one, boom, touched the wall. And that's one of those races where he, like, just barely won uh, by, like, a hundredth of a second or something crazy like that. Wow. And everybody was really mesmerized. And he was like, I was just, he calmed himself down and he concentrated on himself. And then he was able to perform even to another level. Mm -hmm. A guy who has like 22 or 24 uh, gold medals. That's insane. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. But yeah, like him not being able to see was like, uh, ended up being, ended up being a good thing. So he ended up kind of focusing in on, you know, on uh, his technique, which is, which is like, it's always important. And I think um, Jason Kalipa uh, does a lot of this stuff too. And he talks about the AMRAP mentality and really going for it and pushing yourself really, really hard on something. Jason's um, weakness at one point was running. He just mm -hmm. wasn't great at running. And so he, his, his coach would say, you know, rather than concentrate on breathing, because every time he concentrated on breathing, he felt out of breath mm. and he would panic. And his coach was like, let's focus in on like your foot strikes. Like, are you striking with your heel every time? Should we be more on the ball of your foot? Um, you know, uh, how's your stride length? How's your, how's your form? How's your technique? Are your hands relaxed? Is your jaw relaxed? Mm. And so Jason's like, sure enough, when I'd get tired in a race, jaws tight and he's, you know, he's like tense, tense. And he's like running, like, he's like, my arms would wave back and forth sideways. Like yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, like he's running like mad mm -hmm. and he's like, then I'd relax my arms, relax my shoulders. And he's like, and rather than thinking about breathing, I was focusing on, the, on these other things. 
and that would help him make a lot of progress. And he was moving way faster than than he thought. You yeah, know? and then he also talks about like uh, during whatever workout the CrossFit Games called for, he would he would in the past he would think like, oh my gosh, my legs are totally shot, like they're not moving anymore. He turned that mindset into like, oh dude, my legs are getting a sick workout right now. I can't wait to see how much bigger they get by the end of this. Yeah. And so after he did that, he would get like more fired up, like, well shit, I want to make them grow even more. And then he would just keep pushing even further. So yeah, the mindset thing was huge for him. Somebody on my Instagram, I posted up a picture of me in a burrito. Mm. I'm sure you guys saw and you guys were probably Actually, jelly. Was it from get to see that? No, it wasn't from Guadalajara, That's but it should have been. Yeah. It should have been. I'm upset. That's not I went somewhere else. I can't remember even where it came from. <laughs> but anyway, um I got a uh because we used like DoorDash or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got a burrito and it was delicious. It was amazing. Uh. And I said something about it being, you know, a cheat meal. And then uh, someone oh, was no. like, Hey, should we even call it a cheat meal anymore? You know? Yeah. And so I think um I think that's a good conversation to to kind of have and jump into. I I personally for myself, I like calling it a cheat meal because, and I understand the reasons why you wouldn't want to necessarily think of it as a cheat because you don't want to think what you did was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to think like, man, I really let myself down. And then maybe you feel shitty about that. And maybe it causes a, a cascade of like, you know, shitty feelings about yourself and about your dedication um, to your diet. But for me, like I can identify that for myself as like bad food. Like that's, that's not, that's not great for me to do all that often. And I don't want to do it all that often. And it's, it is, it goes against uh, a lot of like the things that I'm trying to do and the discipline I'm trying to instill. But the reason to do it is to every once in a while, just enjoy it. And then also a cheat for me would even be just extra eating. So like even just extra food, I kind of consider that a cheat too. And I'm, I'm working on a process, you know, over a long period of time, of trying to refine everything that I'm doing. So even when I'm eating, you know, on point and even when I'm eating the proper meals, if I go home and, and eat like a, um, you know, a four pound thing, you know, if I eat four pounds of meat, mm-hmm. I personally still consider that even a little bit of a cheat because it's not sticking to uh, what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is to eat for health, eat for longevity, eat to have a better physique, that kind of stuff. So I kind of put it all in this category of like, this is stuff that I don't want to be doing all the time or all that often. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying there. I, I honestly fully agree with you because you know, you're at a place and you're at a point in your diet where you can understand that you can do this and you can do it every now and then, and it's not going to actually throw you off of your goals. Um, and you can call it a cheat without it affecting your mindset. But some people are still in a place where if they have one meal like that, it's usually, it might not be planned, right? It might be like a spur of the moment or an urge type of thing. And then when they feel that they've cheated, it then messes with their head and it makes them feel all these negative thoughts about mm-hmm. it. And then they start to spiral out of control because of the cheat, quote unquote, right? Yeah, because you always um, hear people like, oh, I messed up at lunch, so I'm just going to, the rest mm-hmm. of the day is, go- is done now, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep cheating the rest of the day. And it's yeah. like, well, that's a silly thought. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. Because like you can, you have it controlled. And even myself, like this weekend, we went to San Jose and went to the Winchester Mystery House and we ate out, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of this stuff was planned. And in most cases, people would call that a cheat, but like, yeah, okay, it was a cheat, but like I, we know the effect mm-hmm. it's going to have and it was something that's planned. So I think that it really depends on who it is that's calling it a cheat. Right. Can like, are you... Do you know what you're doing? Like, are you planning this out? 
you know, are you aware that it's not going to have a big effect or is this something that happens randomly and you're not in control of it? And in that case, then it's, it's something that you need to, you know, you need to handle in terms of your, your diet and your lifestyle. Do they still do the, uh, the step trick at Winchester mystery house? So we went, this is the first time I've gone mm-hmm. and we did this thing called unhinged. It's a night tour. Oh, where, nice. Yeah. So it's like, it was actually extremely scary. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, you, you're in the house for about 50 minutes and you're going from room to room and they just scare the fuck out of you in every single room. That sounds terrible. I was absolutely just like, <laughs> it, it messed, it messed me up a little bit. Um, but it was really fun anyway <laughs> from that. But yeah, like I think it depends on who's calling it a cheat. You know, yeah. that's, that's why like I, that's why I'm, when I'm always like, you know, let's not call it a cheat just because there's so many people that I guess when they think about it, it just affects them too much. Right. They need to be able to, to look at it differently and handle it. Cause there's no way oh, that you, like, there is a way there are some people we do know that stay away from this food forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But most people, you know, even when they get the handle on their diet, they're going to be having food like this every now and then. And it'd be good if they don't think of it all the time as, I guess, being negative for mm. them. I agree. I agree on that side of it, too. And I think, you know, that if somebody is thinking about, you know, getting on a specific plan, I think it's healthy practice to not really think about being like on and off of a diet, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's <clears throat> it's it's a. Uh, it's a new thing for you to work on and it's this statement sucks, but it's a new thing for you to work on forever. Mm-hmm. Like if you're listening right now and you're 40 pounds overweight and you want to make a change, it's you don't lose 40 pounds and then you're like, all right, peace out. <laughs> I'm not going to follow a plan anymore. There'll always be rules. Um, if you have gotten through life this long and you've been healthy um, and you haven't had to really follow any rules, it may be time that you'll have to start to follow at least some but it's just kind of different for different people. You know, some people don't have to really pay a lot of attention to their food. It could be their metabolism, could be partially their genetics, and it could be that they just ingrained in them somewhere. They have some decent practices that haven't uh, shown up on the scale or haven't shown up uh, in any, you know, unhealthy ways. Um, For myself though, too, like, you know, and, and it's hard to even share, you know, a post like that because I I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but I have said many times that, you know, while you're on your diet, while you're on your plan, um, you're going to have to have room for stuff like this here and there. And, you know, even in my book, The War on Carbs, I don't talk about a cheat meal because I don't think that you should have a cheat meal every X amount of days. I think that you should just go and work on stringing together a couple of good days when the cravings start to creep in then you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. Are you eating enough calories? Because maybe you're not eating enough calories. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you overtraining? Like, so if you're, you know, if you're uh, overtraining and under eating mm-hmm. and underslept, you're going to have probably some really wild cravings going on. That's you're going to really want to tackle some food. So it's not a great idea to have this, you know, every five day thing where you're going to go off the rails, but if you can understand why you're going off the rails or why that's even happening to you, you can probably put together a lot more productive days than just three, four or five days. Mm -hmm. You could probably start to get like, that's the first time I've done anything like that. And probably um, maybe like a few months now I've had a couple of drinks and I've had like a couple of small things off, but like on this day I had this and I had some ice cream. I mean, it's been a while since I really like 
you know, done anything like that. And so I know for myself that, you know, I'm sleeping pretty good. I'm pretty well hydrated. There's a lot of other things in my life that are going pretty good because I'm not sitting around thinking about these foods all the time. Yeah. yeah. And Seema, um, I don't know if you've ever worked with anybody like literally that's like maybe like a, like an aunt or something where like an, a what? Like an aunt or like an uncle or just somebody uh, who's okay. like starting from like literally like day zero. Um, how do you define like it's going to be a lifestyle? Because like I've heard that in the past and I've never really understood it until like I was literally doing it and I didn't understand what I was doing. But like for somebody who maybe doesn't understand what that really means, how would you break that down for them? The first thing that I do is someone that doesn't have any experience because there's someone someone I'm working with that literally doesn't have any experience mm-hmm. is like you try to go through what their typical days look like every single day. like And if they can't necessarily even define that, I'll just let them go through a week and have them really pay attention to what they're eating every single day and what they're doing. And then you start to kind of go from the top down. Okay, so we already talked about sleep a lot. So we're not even going to go into that because if you're not getting enough sleep, everything just is more difficult. Mm -hmm. But then for somebody who just doesn't, I guess, they don't realize it or they don't necessarily keep track of it. You just try to figure out, like, what are you consuming? Where are you consuming it from? Are you eating out most of the time? Do you have a lot of snacks in your house? And we just go through like that. You go through step by step, taking out the snacks, Mm -hmm. implementing whole foods, going from there, not even tracking. Um, And I do make sure to let people know that it is going to be pretty damn hard because I think a lot of people have the assumption that this is going to be like I I would like it to be easy. But in most cases, it's not an easy thing to kind of switch somebody into a totally different direction. If for a majority of their life, they've been doing one thing, it's not easy at all. So Mm -hmm. I try, like, I always let people know this is not easy and you're going to, it's going to suck for months. Um, But you, it's literally trying to change bigger habits. So your question's a really big question, but if I look at it this way, I want to look and see what their daily habits are, get rid of one bad habit at a time. I don't want to, if I know if I try and change too many things, it's going to be too overwhelming mm-hmm. and we're probably going to F up. So I'm going to try to help them get good sleep at first and then stop snacking on on bad food. And then from there, we'll start making better food choices slowly. But it starts from the top down because if you don't get enough sleep, you don't make good choices. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's it, perfect. Because yeah. like the, the question spawns from like me telling somebody like, oh, like it's just going to become a lifestyle. And it's like, oh, well, what does that mean? I'm like, you just that's just what you do now. Like, yeah. you don't even think about it. That's just what you do. OK, how do I get there? I don't know. I'm going to ask Encima. Exactly. But, but like <laughs> you, you just mentioned it, like it's a lifestyle because you have good lifestyle habits. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is right now you have bad lifestyle habits. You have bad habits that you're doing without even thinking about. Right. It. So first off, we need to, we need to like change these bad habits and put input a good habit in the place of the bad one. That's what we have to do. It's not just saying you need to eat this and not that or track this and whatever. It's literally changing the way a person lives if they have no experience. Those mm-hmm. That's like the hardest type of person to, you know, transform because it's like you're not just changing their food and you're not just like cha- giving them a workout program. You're now telling them the way you lived, the way you live your life is not ideal. Mm-hmm. It's not good. We need to change what you do every single day if you want to be successful. And that's and, That's tough. Yeah, Andrew, this is why you're so valuable on this podcast because you're in a different – uh, place in your journey than and Seema and I are. And like, this is an amazing question. And this is like an entire podcast, really. 
I mean, we can go on for hours about this particular topic, but you know, some things that just came up while you got, you guys were talking, like, why is it a lifestyle? Um, it's because it interrupts every single thing that you've ever done before. And it's going to interrupt your relationship with your significant other. Mm-hmm. It's going to interrupt your relationship with your children. It's going to interrupt and disrupt the way that you, uh, perceive entertainment. Um, maybe you have favorite spots that you love to go. Your favorite spots that you love to go to are going to change. You're, you're not going to be pumped about Applebee's anymore, maybe because maybe, you know, maybe you don't view that they have stuff that's healthy for your particular diet um, on their menu. Maybe you start to learn about, you know, these uh, seed oils and how dangerous they can be and so on, right? Maybe you start to learn a lot and you're like, holy shit, like I got to really cut out a lot of stuff out of my lifestyle. So it's going to interrupt a lot of your relationships with your friends. Um, I know some friends who've had to cut out alcohol and cutting out recreational alcohol is not really any different than getting away from your old buddies that used to shoot up heroin. It's that crazy because you're like, you know what? I don't want to do heroin anymore. So we're not even friends. Like that's the only reason why you were friends is because you drank together. And I, I don't have, I'm not looking down on that in any way. I think that, it's just a social thing. It's like, oh, this couple over here, they like to drink. We like to drink. We're going to get together and we're going to get like hammered every weekend. <laughs> but as soon as one side, maybe maybe it's in SEMA, right? And maybe he's like, I got these goals with jujitsu. Like, and I keep, you know, call, hey, we need to get together. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like, well, yeah. Right? <laughs> he doesn't want to like tell me like, I'm not doing that shit no more. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get the picture. Okay, well, you know, I got to find someone, a new drinking buddy, right? Um, once you start to change your goals, then everything else that you do is going to change and it's going to cause, I've talked before about kind of like a cascade of disciplines, like one thing's going to beam down from another. And that's why I talk so much about a 10 minute walk and seem is a hundred percent right about let's have, let's give you like one thing, you know, dad, mom, aunt, uncle, can, can I get you to get outside a couple times a day? Like you live in Florida, you live in California, you live in these nice areas. Can get you get outside a couple times a day, and and walk for a few minutes. Like that would be great. Mm-hmm. Come back to him two weeks later. I've been walking, and I know you suggested that I write down some of my foods. Here's what I've been doing, and you're like, wow, like okay, your your food actually isn't that messed up. It's not nearly as bad as I thought. If we have you fast for 12 hours or 14 hours every day, you have just maybe missed breakfast, we might be like onto something. It might be because at breakfast, you're having a muffin every morning and yeah. you're having coffee with sugar. And if we just cut that out and we kept the walks and you feel good with the walks, yep, okay. And so that's how it disrupts your lifestyle because it starts to really change it starts to change everything all the way to the point where I've seen people break up over it. I've oh, seen, you know, if oh. you've been around a gym for a while and you've seen, you know, the woman or if I mean, man or woman, but usually you see the woman getting really good shape and then, you know, they're with the personal trainer or they're with somebody else in the gym because they changed so many aspects of their life. And, and that's not, uh, ha- that same thing's not happening at home. They're not living that lifestyle. I've seen it so many times in the fitness industry, going around the different, um, you know, going around to all the different shows. Sometimes you see somebody with someone different uh, nearly every year, it seems like. And it's because, like, their lifestyle had changed so drastically from uh, what it used to be. But any time you watch TV, I mean, who doesn't watch some TV? I think just about everybody watches some TV. I know there's some people that don't enjoy TV, but for the most part, 
all Americans are watching some TV, plopping down in front of their TV uh, while they're eating. So what you're eating and just everything is going to change. And maybe, maybe even all the people that you follow on Instagram changes because yeah. you don't want that feed coming through. Like, I don't, I don't want to see these delicious foods coming through on my feed like that are tempting, you know, like I, I'm over it now. Like I'm in a good spot nowadays, so it doesn't bother me. But starting out, like I would have never followed any of these like food chefs and stuff. That would have drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Your wardrobe is obviously going to change once you start getting in shape, but then you start caring a little bit more about what you're wearing. Hey, how good does that feel? How good does it feel to go to a store and put something on and be like, damn, that mm-hmm. actually looks pretty cool. Yep. When you're like not in good shape, you don't have the arms that you want. You don't mm-hmm. have the body that you want. You're like, I should not buy that. <laughs> 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 like that looked pretty cool on the rock, but we'll have to just leave it right yeah. there. <laughs> no, I mean right now, like I, I put out on my my Instagram, like like, hey, give me some shorts recommendations because like we've been going over and over with this Lululemon thing. It's oh, they're they got like the three point fives now. Oh, three point. A, yeah. Oh wait, no, three they're inches. Three inches. Three inches. Yeah. Like yeah. you mean like they're like mm. up? <laughs> yep. Cong- <laughs> that one percent Congo's about to hang out. <laughs> they're banned in the Congolese. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Why? I guess runners. No runners wear shorts yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So okay. They're, they're short and they're uh, like they have the slit on the side too, so they get even who's, higher. Who's probably making these clothes? Right. It's probably women, right? Like the the women are probably the designers of these clothes, right? They're like, we need to get dudes in shorter shorts, Maybe. you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just funny because, like, yeah, they're gonna be like, let's see what they can fall for. Yeah, like, we're gonna yeah. make these three mm-hmm. inches. Let's oh, see who falls God. for it. But no, I because I look at all my shorts and they're all really big and baggy because that's what I'm used to wearing. Like, mm-hmm. if it was up to me, I'd still be dressing like I did in junior high. Yeah, with, like, basketball shorts, exactly nonstop. But now I'm like, well, shit, man. Got a little bit of quad development here. I don't want to wear these baggy ass shorts anymore. So right. I've been looking for legit pair of shorts. I saw the quads popping out the other day. I don't remember what exercise uh-huh. we were doing. Uh, maybe some leg press. Yeah, but there was some shape going on there. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm not trying to wear baggy clothes anymore. Yeah, that, that was just, that part of me is kind of dying wait to off. See you wearing shorts like we were now. Like, mm. no, nah, I feel the same way because back in high school, I was all about like the baggy shorts yeah. and stuff. And now, like, my shorts are. You can see my butt cheeks. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can see him from here. <laughs> I can see your temperature from here. Well, now I can't concentrate. <laughs> Coming back down to earth. Hold on a second. Yeah. You know who's uh, got some crazy legs that wears baggy shorts is John Cena. Oh, yeah. He, he always yeah. wears big baggy jorts. Yeah. Jean shorts. He's so damn cool, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's, yeah, he's he's a hip hop guy. He's the worst. Dude, the is track He's super jacked. He's he's got the build that like just about everybody wants, and he he's wearing Chinese. like a, he, he speaks Chinese, and then he's wearing like a three X shirt, mm-hmm. but he's still out angling everybody. Still, <laughs> huge. The track with him and Merce is so good. Oh yeah, that was great. I love that song. Oh yeah, that was the video you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, came out of nowhere, good. and then he just he killed that. He's really smart. You guys know how he got the rapping gig? How he got that down? No. So he used to like when I so I used to work with him at a place called Sharky's in Hermosa Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, back when he had no money and he was eating expired protein, he worked at a uh, supplement store as well. We worked at a he worked at a supplement store, the one that was in front of um, well, it wasn't in front of Gold's Gym, it was inside of Gold's Gym. It was Gold's Gym's supplement store. He worked there for a while, and then he also worked at Sharky's, and then we also worked together moving fitness equipment because. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when you're a loser, you need to get as many jobs as possible to try to build up as much, as much funds as you can. So we all kind of worked at, at all these different spots, but John, um, at Sharky's right next to Sharky's was a place called Zeppi's <clears throat> pizza. And Zeppi's had a thing there that if you could eat their pizza, that you can get a, like a voucher for a free one. You they give you like a gift card and you can get a free one. Okay. So John would go there cause he didn't have any money and he would, he would eat, <laughs> He would eat a pizza and then he would bring his thing up to the register and he would like get his money back because you could do it that way too. But he would eat. It was like, man, I can't even remember how many slices I'm going to exaggerate, but I I think it might've been like about 12 slices, but it was Chicago deep dish pizza. So they're, they're massive, you know, is that why they would give it back to you if you actually finished it? Yeah. 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 Cause no one would ever do it. And they had, they had people's pans on the wall. They had they had your name. They put your name on a pan and they put it up on the wall. And so John's name was there. And then, you know, John would come in and he would he started doing it almost every night, every night that we worked. And you could see like John Cena and it said, you know, like one eleven, you know, oh two or whatever, whatever the year was, you know? Mm-hmm. And then one twelve oh two, you know, and, and then one and the owner like probably wasn't there all the time. There's a picture of John. Look at the size of those pipes right there. But um, so the owner, the owner tells him, he's like, kid, he's like, I know what's going on here. He's like, you don't have to eat a whole pizza every time. He's like, anytime you want to come in for a couple slices, you know, they're on me. <laughs> but uh, he used to, John used to rap too, like even just at the bar. He would just like, I don't know, he just, he would just start saying stuff that kind of like just rhymed together. Yeah. wasn't really like rapping. Um, I was like, I didn't know you can rap. He's like, yeah. And then he would like turn his hat backwards and like start, you know, getting way into it. And I was like, fuck, like not, not only can he like, you know, put some shit together, he knows how to like actually rap. Mm -hmm. And then like, I never, you know, didn't have, didn't really think much of it for years. And then as he was pushing forward in WWE, they did a skit on WWE and you can pull this up. He dresses up as vanilla ice. Um, but before I think they even did the skit, he was like rapping like on somebody like in the back, like they're just messing around. And uh, Jim Ross, who was one of the kind of big wigs at WWE at the time, was like, holy shit. Like I didn't like everyone's like laughing. But he, but the Jim Ross was like, no, no, no. He like, yeah, this is funny. What he's saying is funny. He's like, but he can rap, you know. And then so they started having him uh, do like a rap gimmick pretty much. From this point on, it gave him a huge opportunity. I don't know if you can bring up some of the audio. <laughs> he actually got, I mean, he did it for years. I don't know how the hell he did it. <laughs> he actually has good flow, too. Like, it's yeah. Like, geez, crazy. I know I love I love when he used to uh he used to come out with the different jerseys. I don't know if you guys remember he used to have like the different uh basketball and football jerseys of like yeah. whatever town he was in. Dang. He's shredded back then too. He's just so ridiculous. He's permanently jacked. He's he's never mm-hmm. gonna lose it. Yep. That's insane. What is that wig though? Like I'm confused. His hair looks great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a wig. <laughs> Like Save a, you grow a lot of hair too. It's like an Ace Ventura vibe. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You, neither of you guys have lost your hairline. That's holding it up. Uh, we're no. not as on, we're not on as much shit as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Natty Professor, did you see uh, Bedros called you Natty Professor? I saw that. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's because of you. He you he asked later. He's like he's like he's like natty professor. I said yeah yeah like like nat natural. Oh, he's like, oh he's like oh he's like I like that. <laughs> he's like natty professor. Oh man, some people probably think that shit's a pun by now. They're like ah I see that's funny kid. Fuck. Imagine if he actually was <laughs> natural. That would be great. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. Oh lord, I am peeps. Just, just you can't reminding y'all. You can't. You can't defend it. You can't say I'm, anything. I'm just. I'm just saying because people probably think I'm saying this as a joke at this point, but it's not. Kind of getting it's just aggressive, don't you think, Andrew? Yeah. <sighs> Bad mm. shot in Zuma. Okay. <laughs> 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 wow. Right. This is. This is must be right rage. I mean, right. I have not seen this side of you before. Wow. I am shocked. <laughs> is uh, he natty? Is he not natty? We need a whole podcast on it. We'll just interview everybody. <laughs> What do you think, Andrew? I would love to. What What do you think, though? I'm curious, Andrew. Yes or no? Me? Yeah. I'm, no. I'm terrible with this stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, when yeah. when I when I did ask around, I I, <laughs> I did. So he's done some investigating done some on you. <laughs> no, well, not necessarily investigating <laughs> or like great. asking around. It's just when when the the topic has has come up. Yes. I'm just like, but there's like pictures of him like at 16, and he just he looks insane. And then, of course, the answer is like, well, he's been doing it a long time. Like, <laughs> he's been on shit for many years. The, oh, and, and then there, there is the, the shock when you, you know, come into this realm and you understand like, like, oh, that person. OK. Like, oh, that person, too. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty much anybody that has like uh, anything to do with like fitness, like money wise, you know, is like, mm-hmm. is, OK. So mm-hmm. now it's more of a shock when it's like, oh, really? Like you're natural? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's yeah and then you know now with all this maybe i would have paid more attention to the you know previous past i remember talking stuff. to other people like you know about just being natural or not you know like when someone's you know naturally you try to figure it out right mm-hmm. and i've asked people before i'm like do you honestly think that your genetics are like off the charts because like i have a lot of friends who are like they think everyone's on shit all the time yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like I'm like I I understand you know I understand what you're getting at, but not everyone that sets a world record in the IPF it it's it's highly unlikely that they're all beating the system right because mm-hmm. why even have a system? It's not the IPF system; they use someone else's system. So like, why would this be like rigged? You know, if it if it is rigged, and why and and is it even possible for all these people to be you know on shit? And I don't I don't think that it is. And one thing I was just pointing out, I was like look at your mom and look at your dad and look at your grandma and look at your grandpa and kind of like look where you came from like do are do you feel that your genetics are that much su- superior and i think a lot of people have a lot of pride with like their background and like where they came from oh yeah and so they always want to think like really highly but if my dad's five two you know and my or five four and my grandpa was like five two genetically like not that I don't have any genetics, because I certainly have great genetics. Because when I first picked up a barbell, I was oh, pretty, yeah. I was pretty strong, and you, you know? got big. Yeah, and I got big. And my and my mom even like the first time she ever like benched with us. I think she, I think we had her. Maybe she benched a couple times. She benched like one thirty five or something. Like you know, so really, like, there's some yeah, there's some good there's some good genes Ooh. in there. But I don't have this delusion that I think uh, my genes are super optimal for me to be like really lean. Go back and look at like Sean Roden when he was a kid. You know, he just posted a picture the other day of him 
he he looks like he's 12 and he's like in like bodybuilding posing trunks and he looks awesome he's jacked really or look at okay. o'hearn when o'hearn was a kid whether you think o'hearn's on stuff now or whatever he obviously has a set of genetics that are that are set up really really well for some reason some people are able to tap into and display certain things that are just above and beyond you know what we originally thought i remember oh um, my yeah. god yeah how look at his legs <laughs> how old is he i don't think it says either way like he's definitely he's definitely young there like very young it it doesn't say but i mean based on the haircut that was a while ago yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy I don't know. It's just, I, it's, it's baffling to me that everyone just always assumes everyone's, everyone's on stuff, especially without really kind of thinking about it more. I don't think mm -hmm. you're on stuff. Oh, I've always been, I've always been a believer. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Not, not many of us out there. <laughs> we're, we're, all, <laughs> we're all hanging on, we're all hanging on by a thread. Oh, I man. just think based off of what you said about like, um, if you're like, you know, super strong squats, super strong deadlift and bench. Like there's a good chance that you're on something unless, and then like a good indicator is if one of those is very much lacking compared to the other ones. Right. Not saying that your bench is terrible, but in yeah. comparison to your other lifts. Mm -hmm. So that's like the last thing that I'm hanging on to when anybody like wants to argue. That's the, you know, let's change, let's change this to somebody else. Cause there's this, <laughs> there's this one guy who you all know. All the pressure off of me. Please. No, 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 no. But, but seriously, <laughs> Russ. Swole. Russell, Russell or he strong squat, strong bench, strong deadlift. Um, the dude is literally <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Russ swole. Wow. <laughs> Pulled up some little chunky kid. It's two S's, Andrew. No, not Russ, the rapper. Are you S S W O L E? <laughs> Russ swole. Russ swole. Third person. Yeah. Now this dude. So does he compete in the IPF and stuff like that? He's the top eighty-three right now, man. Oh, he's the top eighty-three right now. Yeah. Um, man, he's dude, he's been killing what? it. And now what is that his uh his deadlift is at like seven? I think he just pulled like seven thirty-five or something conventional. Remember, he's an eighty-three kilogram, so he's like one eighty something. His bench is somewhere in the mid fours. I think he just squatted like six fifty for a triple. He's now his own. He he is his only competition because no one. What are those hamstrings? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no one is coming for this dude at this point. Please he tell me he's like, himself. Tell me he's like four feet tall. Then he's probably like five seven. He's like five seven. Look at those calves. But like Russ, like I know, Russ, I know, he, I know he's natural. From I know he's lats. yeah. He played um football at the University of Texas or something. What is that? Longhorns or something like that. <laughs> But yeah, man, Russ is, uh, he's another level, dude. Like yeah. He actually came up because when I was looking for shorts, the company that he wears, I was like, hmm, those look pretty cool. But that's yeah. Russ Wall. They will not fit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Russ is, man, he's he's going to kill it. I can't wait for, I can't wait to see him compete because he's going to kill it. And the, just his approach to training, he's always just such a happy dude. He's always optimistic. He's just, ah, he's such an awesome dude. Just always chewing on that chain too. Yeah, and he's That's got crazy. Good, he's got really good form with big ass weights too. Mm -hmm. You got to appreciate that because that just takes a lot of time. Yeah, man. You know, I think, um, you know, if I'm if I'm thinking about like my my own progression over the years, like as soon as I knew, as soon as I started to learn about nutrition, I started to get in better shape. And it probably it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long after I learned about that that I had abs, and it wasn't that. I mean, I was like two o five. 
Mm-hmm. And at a very young age, I was deadlifting, you know, 600 pounds. Um, I deadlifted uh, 600 pounds competing at 198 in, in a meet a million years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the last time I weighed that that uh, that kind of weight. Um, and so it's like, I, I believe that all kinds of things are possible. You know, I... I I just think it's easy just to be like, oh, yeah, that guy's, you know, he's on stuff. But if I think back and I start to think about well, what if I, what if every, what if from the beginning I was lined up pretty good? And what if I didn't have to figure it out on my own? Mm-hmm. You know, my brother squatted 675 at like 19 in, in a single ply squat suit, um, weighing 220, you wow. know? So like there's, you know, there's some good, there's some good strength, uh, you know, in our in our natural genes even uh even minus you know the stuff i've i decided to do later on but it is it is really hard to tell and i think people um there's no there's no reason to try to use it for yourself to an advantage one way or the other there's no reason for you to be like ah he's probably on shit if the guy is on stuff um, he's still ahead. He whether he's not on stuff mm-hmm. or on stuff, he's still way the fuck ahead of wherever you're trying to get to. <laughs> yeah, and you should hone in on your own skill and mm-hmm. try to get better. Mm-hmm. We have a, a guest coming this week. That's going to be very fun because this topic mm-hmm. stuff. Oh we're yeah, come KO, up. KO, mm-hmm. Kenny KO, Kenny KO. That'll be fun. This will be uh, this will be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I asked my dad. I'm like, hey, when you were younger, I was like, did you have abs? He's like, yeah. Like, how about all my uncles? Like, all of them. Like, <laughs> cool. I've never had abs. Oh, man. Well, I mean, did you ask him about his lifestyle, too? Like, I mean, you know your dad's lifestyle. Was he in at, like, was he on his feet? Was he always sitting? What was the deal? He, he thinks, uh, um, like, donuts and Pepsi is, like, a, a good diet. Uh, I mean, growing up, they didn't have much money, so it was just, like, beans and, like, that's pretty much it. So yeah. like they were, maybe they're just on the skinny side, but mm. yeah. for the most part, like, no, the, he has no idea about nutrition, mm. diet or anything like that. Mm. You could have abs in three months. You really could. Pre- pretty good abs in three months. Like, I'm not just talking about like a little top two layer deal. That's not, that's not really abs. You can have pretty good abs in three months. It's just like right now, dude, for you, it's just not your goal, right? You're trying to gain muscle and you're not trying to get super lean. But honestly, like if you wanted to get lean, literally you'd, Mark would tell you what to do. You'd drop 20 pounds or whatever, and you'd have a six pack straight up. Like, but you don't want to be that light right now, you know? Yeah. And if you so, took, if you took your time mm-hmm. too, you could lose like eight pounds or, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and still hold a pretty good amount and have, you know, something, something there, Yeah, have some abs. But I think, I mean, there are people that have gained so much weight and have gotten so far away that it might be hard for them to obtain abs but i think with the exception of that i think just about anyone i mean who would have thought my brother would be able to have abs yeah. i mean his his transformation is retarded it doesn't yeah. make any sense at this point you're just like well he he continues to tighten up and it's like sometimes just time uh not not just time obviously he's paying attention to what he's doing um very meticulously but just time because he mentioned i think he posted the other day he was the same weight right Posted I think today. I think so. Posted today is the same body weight as he was like a year ago. He mentioned that to me a while back. He's I didn't way see leaner. Post, but yeah, watch yeah. this. This is fucking wild. I mean, he looks great in the previous post, but he looks amazing now. It's, That's crazy. Yeah. And let me ask you this: Was Chris? Whoa. Yeah. So for him on the left, I realize that's not like uh, him on the left is not like a Whoa. body that people are are striving for. But him on the left is is an amazing transformation already. Yeah. From where he was. Yeah, and he looks pretty good there. He's starting to get some good chest, uh, 
pe- pec development, stomach starting to tighten up, beard. He's, he's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a, a belly, right? Yeah. And then in the second picture, you know, obviously the abs have tightened up a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of that skin um, has gone away. And look at it, the arms, yeah, the development man. through the arms and the beard. The beard is amazing. By the way, let me ask you this. Wasn't like, didn't Chris like always work out to some extent? Mm-hmm. Like, did he ever stop working out? Was there a period or? He, ne- he never stopped. He never stopped uh, exercising. He's okay. always, no matter how many pills or how, how much beer or, or anything like that he got into, mm-hmm. um, he basically lifted the, he lifted his way through it the entire time. He's yeah. always been, he's always had some form of uh exercise in there but like he's the ultimate case like i used to talk to him all the time and at the time i didn't really realize alcohol was such an issue for him i knew that he would drink here and there but i didn't really know the extent of it and we would have conversations all the time i was always thinking in my head i'm like why why does he go through these cycles like this like what is he doing like Mm -hmm. why you know he's telling me like i'm going to the gym you know tomorrow and i'm gonna do like an hour of cardio and we would talk about training and i'm like dude there's absolutely no reason for you to do an hour of cardio unless you have some specific goal in mind that you're trying to do something by a certain time. I'm like, otherwise I'm like that hour could be spent doing something more productive, you know? And, and so like, I didn't really realize he was self-sabotaging himself with alcohol and poor food choices. And then he was trying to work it off kind of like, uh, Nick Wright was talking about, but Nick was talking mainly about food and my brother was kind of doing the same thing. He would do it over and over again. He was like a cardio bunny. He wanted mm-hmm. to like he wanted to do it. He wanted to lose weight through hard work and through, you know, he saw O'Hearn doing a lot of cardio. So he thought that that would be, you know, advantageous for him to do it. I'm like, dude, you just need to get your food straight. Like, let's be consistent with the food. We don't have to worry about this cardio as much. Yeah. It's crazy though. Like, cause I, like last year, I don't know if he was, well, he was carnivore last year too. He was heading into it, but that diet made a big difference for him. Yeah. Like he's talking about what he eats day to day now. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious what his day to day does look like outside of the food. Cause I know that there's other changes that he probably made. It's allowed him to do all of this. It's pretty have him back on the crazy. podcast to try to focus in on this kind of one topic mm-hmm. because, uh, it is, it is awesome. And you know, he, I'm with him all the time. He just, he just is eating meat, you know, he's, <laughs> and, um, he switches it up enough. I know some people say they get tired of it, but he's going to like McDonald's, he's going, to Wendy's, he's hitting uh, mm-hmm. up In and Out Burger. He's cooking some stuff at home. He's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So like his his cheat now, and, and we were just talking about cheats, is just getting more meat at you know McDonald's or something, right? That McDonald's and, meat. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I, he's like, I find it to be better than In and Out and Five Guys now. Yeah, really? I know. I think it's just because it's just different. But okay, I, I can but he's he says he likes it. He better. and I went to McDonald's and we got like Big Mac, no bread, and it was rocking. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, and then I did check uh, Snopes, and the 100% beef is apparently real. Okay, can you tell me about that again? So the uh, like um, urban legend or whatever was that the company that they used, that McDonald's uses, was called 100% beef. So they can say, oh, our meat is made with 100% beef. Wow. But I guess Snopes did a thing and find out that it uh, – Come to find out that it actually is 100% beef, but I don't understand about like the fillers and all that. So I, 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 I don't know exactly still what's in it, but apparently it's a cheat, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not McDonald's every day. It's a cheat. Yeah. Oh man. All right. As you can see, we can talk forever, can but we? we should probably shut up. Uh-huh. Where can people find it, Andrew? 
you guys can hit me up on Instagram at I am Andrew Z. Ask about yeah. that Congoness. <laughs> that one person, the new one percenters. <laughs> we didn't really even explain what we were talking about. That's okay. We'll it's leave okay. it to lore and, imagination. You know. mm-hmm. Yes. Where can uh, people find you, Mr. Natty Professor? At Ensima Eang. N-S-I-M-A-I-N-Y-A-N-G on Instagram and YouTubes. Can't believe your parents named you Natty Professor. Me neither, man. It's a weird name because, I mean, how'd they know? How'd they know it was going to cause so much controversy? I think I think it was just just one of those things. <laughs> you, know. you can find me at Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you all later.